Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. Hey, Yetta, are we influenced by those we keep company with? Well, I'm kind of thinking that's maybe just when we're kids, but I'm not allowed to say that yet. So first, I'm going to say hello, and we're excited to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track, where we share techniques, thoughts, and tools that we all need. We all deserve. You, I, everyone. So we turn our house into a home where our families thrive and we live the best life possible. So you're saying like I'm a big kid because you you monitor who I spend time with. (laughs) So, are you saying I'm a big kid? Because when we had our kids at home, we used to monitor who they spent time with. Well, and maybe you remember that when you were a kid, your parents would say, be careful who you hang out with because you're going to become like them. And maybe they didn't tell you the because, but they were thinking, or maybe you've been the parent that has said, those kids, those people are not a good influence on my kid. So how can I introduce them to some nice kids? And you know what's interesting? When you're younger, as a younger child, and your parents say, choose your friends wisely, does it really sink in? No. It kind of goes over your head, right? It doesn't mean a thing. The other night, we had our grandson over. For his 19th birthday. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about the little one. No, no, the bigger one. And he was saying that he has a couple close friends and a few friends that he's let go because they're a poor influence. Right. Which, wow. We 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 were were blown away. It was impressive. Yes. Honoring for his birthday and having a nice quiet chat. And, of course, we're going to have to have a real conversation. And it was amazing to hear how much he has taken on the attitudes that were presented to him as a little guy, even if he didn't understand them Mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. The grandchild I was thinking about, I have to share this story because it makes my heart sing. Oh, okay. Go ahead. I don't don't know where she's going with this, folks, but I'm sure it'll be good. (laughs) So Otar, who is nine, was out garage selling with his mom and dad. Or his mom, actually, like and his little sister. Yeah, out yeah, okay. garage sailing. And he met a lady at one of the garage sales who was really sweet and really kind to him. And he looked at her and he said, do you happen to know my grandmother? And she said, yes, yes, I do. And he goes, well, because everybody that knows my grandmother is really nice. <laughs> so, And she sent me a text sharing that with me. And it's like, wow, how... Important it is that whether we're kids or whether we're adults, which is the discussion we've been having, does it ever stop? Do we ever stop being influenced by those we hang with? Yeah, I think what we're going to learn today is that no, you don't. You Who don't. you hang with, so to speak, that's kind of slang, isn't it? Hang with or oh, but spend I, time with? Hang with. I you, like that. I you, wrote that. Yeah, birds of a <laughs> feather flock together. Right. So you tend to be like the people you're with. As a matter of fact, there was a saying once that your your income or your wealth repeatedly repeatedly is going to be typically the average of your six closest friends. Right. I don't know how that exactly works because if it's all the average, it means it's all the same. But it's in the ballpark. 
The point is, even financially, we tend to have more in common with or are influenced. Mm. Yeah, because you know what I just thought of? Like millionaires have millionaire friends because they do similar things. They have similar values. They have similar uh, education sometimes. They have similar business or, or they're all in business or they they all own real estate and usually it's more expensive areas. So they kind of flock together. And so when we think about kids, we know that they're impacted by those they hang with. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm going to use that language because I likes it. <laughs> and we as adults are every bit as influenced. Have you ever been, because I must confess, I've done this a time or two too many, where I've been hanging with somebody that I knew I used to be like, but I'm not like them anymore. Or they're not like me anymore. It could be they changed or I changed, mm. but we used to hang together and the behavior was perfectly cool. And all of a sudden now, whether it's on the negative side or the positive side, it's not so cool anymore. Yeah, an so, easy one to see is language. Yeah. Sometimes my language may de- digress. Mm-hmm. I spend too much time with people who are swearing and cussing and cursing, and it's just part of their language, right? Yeah. And then I'll find everyone, so something will slip out and go, ooh, that's not me. Why am I talking like that? Right. Because it's not foreign to you. And now it resonates with you at some level. And what we're around, we tend to kind of become, whether we're adults or kids. We absorb it through osmosis. Yeah, we really do. And I've had, you know, my kids even say to me at times when I've been hanging out with a particular friend who may be incredibly negative or incredibly positive, they can tell who I've been with depending on how I show up when I get home. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so in, I, I saw you wrote a note about the glass being half full or half empty. So ask me that question. Is the glass half full or half empty? Is the glass half full or half empty, Ken Decker? It's always full. It's just full of what? Ah. Right? It might be half full with water and the other half is air. But it's always full. In my books, it's always full. I'm so excited. Which is an incredible way to look at life and depending on who you are hanging with, because we influence each other, Uh if it's somebody that sees life as empty or as the glass as empty, because neither the water nor the air is what they want. (laughs) Yeah. Because we all have. They probably don't even want the glass then. And I've been that person. Yeah, but I've been that person. You're not happy with anything. Right. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. But you're happy with everything now. Mostly. <laughs> There's, I know, I know. The biggest room in your house is, is the, the room, room of for improvement. improvement. Yep, yep, absolutely. And when I invest a lot of time with somebody that sees life differently than I do, I get to influence them or be influenced by them. Ooh, that's a choice. That's do a I choice. Do I influence the people I hang with? Or do they influence me? That takes strong character. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a few minutes. But right now, the point is we all got to admit, like you got to admit it, I got to admit it, even Ken's got to admit it, that who we hang with has a significant impact in the dreams that we accomplish. I don't got to. 
You got to. I get it's to. It's kind of like the law of gravity. I, I get to. You get to. So even our dreams and our goals that we accomplish will be shifted based on who we're hanging with. Yeah. Sometimes we spend uh, time with a good friend, Suzanne, and she's growth and leadership and mindset mastery. And when I spend time with her, guess what? I'm more into growth. I'm, I'm more into mastering my mind and my mindset, which then affects my actions. And when my mind aligns with my actions, guess what? My results line up. It's awesome. You get what you're headed for. Yeah. And so we're just going to encourage you on this journey to be thinking about and choosing really, really wisely. Who do you hang with? And even start to ask the question, why do you hang with them? And what's their impact on me? Keeping good company is hard work. We've created for you access to 500, well, over 503 free episodes of Life's Inside Track, where we share insider secrets, how to build wealth, how to make good use of the home that you're in, how to take care of it, and even how to strengthen, heal, and flourish in your relationships. And the great news is you can get access to it from your home, your office, or on the go. So what do you think? Keeping good company, is it hard work, Yetta? It is hard work because not all company is good company. Right. So you've got to have, you've got to be attuned rather than, so I think what we're going to learn in this episode is what are some of those ways that I can ensure the company I keep is the right company for me? So what you're saying is it's less difficult to avoid bad company than to avoid the bad effects of bad company. Right. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> say that one more time slowly because I, I didn't fully catch it. Uh, avoiding bad company or mm -hmm. attracting good company mm -hmm. is less hard than avoiding the bad effects of being with bad company. Right, because environment is stronger, stronger than, willpower. than willpower, right? That's so, why I'm not allowed to have potato chips in the cupboard unless I'm willing to eat them. Right, and I'd prefer they not be there because I don't want to eat them, and my willpower is not always what it should be. Or what it needs to be to avoid the potato chips. So the first piece Come is... Come on, really, yours is chocolate more than potato chips. Oh, but I'll still eat them if they're sitting there and you're crunching. I got to so crunch and munch you. a little bit of potato chips every exactly. once in a while. So the first piece, though. So what we're going to learn is what are those steps that we can take so that it's not such hard work mm. to make sure we're keeping the company that we want to be keeping. You know what I think it is? What it's is it? It's purposeful work. Mm -hmm. We purposely wrote down people, couples that we wanted to have in our life. Not not specifically pe not people. Not the names. Not the names. We didn't know who they were. We just knew what they would bring to us and, and to know, our relationship. Right. And so what we would bring to the relationship to them. with them. So step number one is the list. I know that sounds really like, seriously, you people keep a list? Well, yeah, a hit list. Yeah, it doesn't have names on it. <laughs> it just, it's the hit list of the characteristics and the behaviors and the attitudes. 
Of that those? The, of those that we don't have to keep our guard up because it takes a lot of energy to keep your guard up rather than getting sucked into what's going on in your midst. Mm. Right? So we keep a hit list of the characteristics. About 10 is what's worked for us. Nine's my magic number. So kind of like nine. And usually there's a bonus. So I guess at the end of the day, it's usually 10. Of what are they like? So one of the things on our list, they're growth oriented. Absolutely. They're willing to give without knowing what they're going to get. That's a different thing. Right. That's a separate one. I'm just giving you a couple of oh, examples. Oh, I thought you were going to expand on the, the growth-oriented. What's that mean? That means- Like they're eating a lot and they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger? No. <laughs> That's growth-oriented. <laughs> it is growth-oriented. No, it's more about that they are eager to learn from their experiences. They don't see life so much as failure. They see everything that doesn't maybe go the way they want it to as an opportunity to learn. And they're reading books and they're listening ah, to podcasts and so they're, they're having- They're in- readers, they're learners. They didn't stop learning when they left school. Right. They read books and mm. listen to books and have engaging conversation. Open-minded would be another characteristic. Being open to see things maybe from a perspective they'd never seen it before. Right. Now, the fascinating thing. So we're going to encourage you to create your list if you haven't. Because if you don't know who you're looking for, you don't know when you found them. Oh, that's deep. Say mm. that again. If you don't know who you're looking for, you don't know when you've found them. Right? Nice. Uh-huh. I like that. And then here's the harder part. Once you get that list, then you get to turn it on yourself. Ooh, put it on the mirror. Mm-hmm. And how am I doing? How am I showing up? Not who do I want to be showing up as? Who am I Although actually? That's too. Yes. But it, and I'm going to attract that which I am, not that which I want to be. No, you will attract that which you are becoming. You will. And on top of that, if you don't know where you're becoming, how like if you know where to go, that's what I'm trying to say. If you know where to go to work on becoming who you want to be, there'll be people there that are on the same journey as you are or a similar journey. Absolutely. maybe that's where you might find one of these peeps that can be a great center of influence. Right. So that is one of the other steps in finding the people is let people know who you're looking for. Or let other people, not just you. Let who, other who, people who you know tell who you're looking your for. inner circle. Oh. Those that you're already connecting with know a great mm. question that a mentor of ours, John, John Maxwell, Maxwell said, yeah, I was just going to say that. It just came that, to my brain at the same time. I knew it. You lit right. up. I lit up. <laughs> and that is, who do you know that I need to know in the area of X? Who do you know that's already making great choices around Mm. investing in real estate? Who do you know that already has a mindset that's causing them to move toward their goals rather than away from their goals? Who do you know that's already published a book and it's become a bestseller? Who do you know that's raised great kids 
that I need to know if I'm raising kids. It's in any area of our life. And yeah. I think that's a, that's a, if you haven't written this question down, as long as you're not driving, this is one that's writing down worthy. And that is, who do you know that I need to know? And then describe who it is you need to know. You know what just came to me? We, we uh, last week, I believe, we did a show on opportunity and being open to find that opportunity. Well, the people that are to be in your life are an opportunity, right? They're, they're an opportunity to improve your life. And so you need to be open, aware, looking, and patient. Because you can't rush that. You can't mm. rush relationships. And mm. you can't mm. rush finding someone. And it's probably similar in the dating scene. You rush it. It may not end well. It may not. So number three is go where those people are. If you want to learn gardening insights and you want to hang with gardeners, then go to a gardening club. Because mm. there sometimes it's an interest that's the characteristics that you're yep. looking for, and other times it's an attitude. Yep. And then this one's a little bit, I call it woohoo. <laughs> Tune into their frequency, their resonance. You'll see in a crowd. There'll be someone mm -hmm. that just their energy matches your energy and you'll go, oh, I want to get to know that person at a party or something. You'll be almost dragged towards them. That's how you know they might be your peeps. Exactly. And as you're thinking about this stuff, as you are open-minded, this is the charge I have for you. Recognize that every human being you meet, every single one, you have the opportunity to learn something from. As you learn from them, check out whether this is the stuff you want to be learning. And if it is, then start a casual, engaging friendship. Why, when I let my guard down, do I say and do things that I regret later? Ugh. We've enjoyed for over 30 years helping you not only sell and buy real estate, helping you build better finances, helping you build more fun into your life, helping you build your faith, and even helping you strengthen, heal, and flourish in your relationships. 30 years really of building life, home, and business. Mm. So yet, why is it that sometimes mm. I say and do things that I maybe regret later? Right. Because environment is often more powerful than even our willpower or our intention. You know what? I just thought of a great example of that. Okay. It was back a couple of years ago when I still owned the Maserati. Yeah. And we, as an office, went to the racetrack to watch car racing on an oval track because a, a friend of ours or a client of ours was racing in it. And... It's funny because that environment of watching people go fast and, and having fun and spin outs and whatever, the excitement, the adrenaline. When I left there, I took my traction control off and I just hit the gas a little bit when I was turning right onto the highway and the back end of the car just started spinning like it was on ice. Just back and forth. It was like, woo, this is cool. But then I thought, oh, I never knew it quite had that much power. But that was the environment 
changed the way I drove even that quickly. I'm grateful I only learned about this today. <laughs> In front of all our friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great news. So it's a powerful point, and I'm a little bit speechless, but you're still going to learn how your mental state, your spiritual state, your emotional state, and even your physical state actually has an impact on how you do handle the environment you find yourself in. Ah, so when I have my deflectors on, right? Yes. Then I can deflect some of that environment. But if my deflectors are down, if I'm not in a great emotional state, then I can be highly influenced by the wrong crowd. Right. If I haven't spent time with the Lord every day and spent time in the spirit, the tranquility room, haven't read scripture, haven't put the things in my mind that I know serve my beliefs, then it's much easier to be caught in the avalanche of whatever is going on around me. Mm. Right? And that applies to every area of my life. Even food. So keeping the right foods in our environment, now we're not talking people this time, but even keeping the right foods in my environment. How about the right people that bring the right foods when oh, they come to visit? Because if they bring the wrong foods, what happens, Yetta? Yetta eats them. <laughs> and it could be a problem. Not the people, she eats the food. <laughs> yeah, okay. What happens to you, Mr. Decker? What happens to me? I eat the food. Because exactly. it would be rude not to eat what people brought. Right. So that's, again, environment seems to outweigh my willpower. Because I may even have said before you come home, sometimes you're the environment creator <laughs> yes. with desserts from your favorite dessert place. It's, it's like that commercial, I bet you can't eat just one. Right? If you open up a bag of chips and go, I'm just going to eat one, how does that work out for you? Not or for well. me. Not well. I'm just, the one I'm going to eat is the one at the bottom when I'm finished the bag. <laughs> Even yeah, if it's a Costco family bag. Of chips. Yeah, I feel uh -huh. a little sick so at the end of it. it's not just about food. It's about those <laughs> attitudes and how we can get sucked in if we haven't shored ourselves up. And how would we shore ourselves up? That's an interesting word. Like, you shore up a pole that's leaning or something. Right. How would you shore yourself up? Well, by choosing in the first place what environments I will put myself in. Okay. Because that way I don't have to be on guard all the time and regret my decisions. So if, if I create... If I have a drinking issue, I don't go into a bar and order a Pepsi or a Coke. No. Right? Because they have other stuff there. Exactly. But I could go into a general store and order a Pepsi or a Coke. Right. Unless you always used to drink Ryan Coke... And now that that's go that Coke is going to give you the taste. So creating an environment that serves you to your mm -hmm. highest version of yourself okay. rather than creating an environment that causes distress. So right. I know there's some places I don't go because I know that when I leave there, my mouth is going to be a little bit foul. That's or, not a pretty thing. No, it's You really not. should brush your teeth when your mouth is foul. <laughs> you should. That's not what I was talking about. Or okay. my attitude's going to be, I'm going to be complaining. Yes, I've noticed that once or twice. 
and it isn't my normal way of being. Right. So when I so, let... Ooh. Right. So you're going to go some of those places sometimes because you can't avoid it. Maybe it's your office. Maybe it's where you work. Maybe that environment's dragging you down a bit. So what, what things, what tips can you give us, Yetta, <laughs> to either not have the environment bother us or get out of the environment somehow? Right. So having my favorite yeah. is actually the ally. The ally. The ally. Oh, that's like the wingman. The wingman, right? When you're when you go, yeah, you have the wingman and they, they're watching you. And if you're getting, you know, too much too much uh what do you call it? Um pestering of somebody or somebody of the opposite sex is making attractions to you and your wingman in this case is to protect you because they know you're married and they're gonna pull you out of that situation. Right. That's so, a good wingman. Right. So having support, if you need to go into environments that don't always create the best outcomes for you. Right. Environments where it's not as safe right. for you, bring a buddy, a protection, mm -hmm. another lady or another man. Right. Right. <clears throat> cool. And another would be having predetermined, because most of the time we know what environments we're walking into. Sometimes we can get sideswiped. But most of the time, if it's not a new experience, we know what goes on in those environments, mm -hmm. right? And so being prepared with your plan to get out in advance. So preparation, an exit, an an exit, exit strategy, strategy. Right? love it. An yeah. exit strategy. Yeah, do, you, so, do you have like an example of that? I'm trying, trying to, to wrap my good one. brain So if I'm going to a pool party, Okay. which I've been to a few, right. I know that I don't do well with alcohol in my system. It okay. just doesn't do good for me. So as soon as I feel that person or persons where they, where I almost feel intoxicated, but I haven't had anything to drink, but the environment is so intoxicating. As soon as I sense that, because that happens for me, you know that. Wow. Then I know it's time for me to go home, but I've predetermined that I don't put myself in that environment. Okay. For more than a few seconds. So or I have a few minutes or an hour or whatever. You determine how long you can stay in an environment mm -hmm. and your willpower will hold you back. Right. So I'm going to go for one hour and then I'm going home. Right. And have a buddy to make sure they drag you out. At or the one if hour I mark. don't have a buddy with me, I have already preset my plan, so I'm going to follow through. Right. Or right? someone's going to call you and say, I need you. Exactly. That would be your exit strategy. So we are incredibly honored to be your advocate and your ally in figuring out how to live an amazing life. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together.